This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. I'm Kate Bendel, the Dunedin Yoga Lady. Join me every second Tuesday at 10.30 as we explore all things to know about yoga. My passion is to open the doors of this powerful practice to the community and to share that passion with you. The Dunedin Yoga Lady, fortnightly on Tuesdays at 10.30 on ORFM and podcast from oar.org.nz. So welcome to the Dunedin Yoga Lady. It's good to be back and I feel like the time is really good to come back with this show and talk to anyone and everyone who's interested in yoga. I think we have had a fairly rough ride of it lately with um, some people having COVID or knowing people who have and just the various ways that the pandemic has affected all of us, there has been, generally speaking, an increased level of stress and anxiety and challenge that people have faced. And that's one of the reasons I have started the Dunedin Yoga Lady again, because the best thing I know to deal with stress and anxiety is definitely yoga. So you're listening to your host this morning, Kate Bendel. Some of you may know me, I do teach locally. And if you don't know me, very briefly, I've been practicing yoga for over 30 years and teaching about 25 years. So the show is going to cover a range of topics that hopefully are relevant and helpful to you if you already practice yoga and are curious about some of the other aspects of yoga that you don't necessarily get time to talk about or understand when you're in a yoga class at a yoga studio or for some of you who may have tried yoga in the past and it didn't give you what you were looking for um, or even worse you had a negative experience with it I'm hoping that some of the things we will cover and the ways I talk about yoga might open the door for you to have another go at yoga what we're going to cover today is one of the foundational principles of yoga and unfortunately it's often not talked about and it's actually about how how do we practice yoga so we've all seen pictures of people doing yoga i'm sure I, i'm pretty confident that i can say nearly everybody has now whether it's on instagram or facebook or a poster or something most people in new zealand now would be able to bring to mind an image of somebody doing yoga what's missing is knowing what's going on <coughs> excuse me behind that image what's the actual process of practicing yoga because you could also equally have seen a picture of somebody doing pilates or pilates i'm never quite sure how you mean to say that which in many regards looks almost the same. In fact, there are some poses that they, positions they use in Pilates that are from yoga. So what's the difference? 
how would you know from experience what's the difference between say Pilates and yoga and this the thing is how you are doing it and if you're not doing practicing yoga in a well-informed way the chances are that you're not getting the full benefit from it either you could go to a yoga class or you could turn on a youtube channel and follow along with someone and do the yoga as if it was pilates or calisthenics or purely a physical exercise and you know you could quite possibly feel better you could get some nice results from that you could possibly injure yourself as well um, if you're not careful what you're doing and you're not receiving good instruction but you are unlikely to reap the deeper benefits of yoga if you practice in that way and unfortunately I see this happen a lot we're told how yoga can calm the mind we see these images of people sitting in blissful meditation poses we're told by our doctors and health professionals that yoga can reduce stress it can bring all sorts of benefits but they don't go on to also explain that this is only the case if yoga is practiced as yoga is meant to be practiced so today I want to explain to you how you can do that and you can do that whether you're going to turn up to your next yoga class and just quietly apply this principle or you can do it when you practice at home with your a lot of people these days are members of online yoga communities that's one of the benefits in some ways that's happened from lockdown lots more people are doing yoga at home their own convenience or if you've never done yoga before and you're listening to this and think oh I didn't realize that that's what yoga is and if that's what it is I might give it a go so for us in the west who are used to using our body more in a sporting way we need to make a shift. It perhaps isn't so much of a deal um, in the East where all the, the martial arts come from, like you have Tai Chi, you have Qigong, you have Kung Fu. It's, I may be saying that wrong, excuse me if I am. That There is an understanding that there is a different way to use the physical body. And it's this, yoga belongs in that camp. It belongs with that group of martial arts. It doesn't belong where it's somehow unfortunately ended up in this idea of fitness and ending up something that people are doing just for their physical health. So when you might be thinking, well, who says so? The Yoga Sutras of Patanjali say so so the yoga sutras are thousands of years old and they are the classical traditional texts on the entire philosophical school of yoga and they have been studied and adhered to for thousands of years and more than that there are also thousands and thousands of commentaries by scholars on the actual yoga sutras they are the undisputed 
seminal text of yoga. And the interesting thing is that there are, it's written in a way of these little sentences. Well, they're not even sentences. They're called aphorisms. So they've sort of generally got somewhere between four to eight words in each one. And they're in Sanskrit and they're strung together in a way that they contain deep, deep meaning. And people literally study them for their whole lives and still would consider themselves to be beginning students of them. There's 196 of these. And the interesting thing is, of the 196, only three, three of them talk about asana. So asana is the posture. Asana is the thing that most of us here in New Zealand uh, te Aroa would think of when we think of yoga. We think of people touching their toes, we think of people doing a, a triangle pose or something or other. So only three out of 196 refer to that aspect. So that's a hint that there's way more to yoga than just that part, but it also is a bit of a flag to say, okay, if that's the, the only three things that refer to it, we need to pay attention it must be saying something really important. And what that Yoga Sutra, Yoga Sutra, I'm trying to remember the number, 232, I think it is. I should have written that down, I haven't. Um, it's in Chapter 2, anyway. And what it says is Sera Sukham Asanam. So the asanam refers to the asana that refers to any or all of the postures that you're doing in a class or at home with a YouTube channel. Stera Sukham is probably the most important aspect of yoga. And this is the bit that I'm going to explain to you in a way so you understand what it means and how you can insert it into the practice that you already have. Whether you're in the hot yoga class, whether you're doing an ashtanga class, whether you're doing kundalini, whether you're doing yoga that you have no idea even what name it has, whether you're following someone on YouTube, if you apply these two principles, stira sukham, you will be beginning to do yoga in the way it was intended to be done. And I've just remembered it's Yoga Sutra 246. So it's got two words, stera and sukham. So stera means steadiness. It means strength and firmness. And sukham means ease. So sukham is a lovely word. Come, that the last part of the word is the space, space, and su, the prefix before it, means um, openness. So it's that feeling of when things are easy and flowing. So what has this got to do with doing yoga? What it means is whenever you are in a posture, whenever you're doing a physical move, you are are aiming to have an equal amount of stira and sukham. So you want to feel steady, you want to feel stable, 
and you also want to feel completely at ease. So you're absolutely comfortable. So if someone happens to say, actually, you're going to stay there for another 12 breaths, you could stay there because you're feeling steady and you're also feeling comfortable. For a lot of us, we have habits to lean one way or the other to favour stira or sukkim. Some people lean into a pattern of trying really hard. There's that unfortunate saying that no pain, no gain. So some people will apply that to their yoga practice. Like they will be going for maximum effort, maximum result. They'll be trying to find a physical edge and push beyond it, thinking that is what the goal of doing yoga is. And this is an overemphasis of steram. And when we push so hard, we haven't even got steadiness anymore. When we're pushing that hard, we're, we're lacking steadiness. And there's certainly no sukkim. There's certainly no ease. And you can see this in a yoga class. You can see when people are gripping their jaw, when they've got veins bulging out in their head, when the body is shaking. There's no ease. There's no steadiness. And equally, there can be some people, some body types, some psychological types where we favour the ease. We don't want to put in too much effort. And we can be the kind of the, the kind of person in the yoga class that just wants to seek yoga that's just really passive. That's really a whole lot of... Um, easy poses where there's no movement and we're just staying there. Now, don't misunderstand me. Some of those postures, you can be working very hard inwardly and you can be working your breath and you can be working energetically. So just because you're choosing um, to be still in your yoga class or your teacher's asking you to be still at particular times, it doesn't mean you've overdone sukkim. But it's just to say that some people will be too much into the ease and they haven't found the steadiness. And there can be a real trap here for people who are extremely flexible. We love yoga. Like There's so many people who get really fall in love with yoga because they are naturally flexible. And flexibility is one of those things that there's a massive range of degrees of flexibility. Sometimes there's quite a strong genetic link and you just happen to be flexible. And so you can go into a yoga class and just do anything. You can flop your body into anything and it's sort of like, well, well, that was easy. And there can be a great sense of, oh, I'm good at this because we mistakenly think that the, the goal is to look bendy and flexible. So what this stera sukham asanam is pointing out is the goal isn't all, all ease and comfort. Within the posture, you need to find that place where you are applying enough effort that there's, there's strength as well as ease. And yoga, of course, works not just on the body. So I'm talking on the body level here. It also applies to the breath. And this is an easy way to measure, am I practicing in the correct way? Is my breath steady? 
And to do that, you have to pay attention to your breath. So this is a big leap for some people. When you're doing some other kind of more sporty, athletic things, often your focus can be solely on your body, on your muscles and the effort in the physical body. If you're doing yoga, some more of your attention needs to be on the breath than the actual body. But you can hold both in your awareness. So sthira sukham in the breath means that your breath is steady. And boy, you you will know if you've overdone it, your breath will tell you. When the effort is more than the body is comfortable with, your breath will change. And so finding that sweet spot where your breath is steady, like you can kind of take yourself towards the edge, you can put some effort in, but you want to be aware and listening for that place where your breath starts to change, where it starts to tremble, where it starts to become rough. And that's your breath losing sukkum. And if it loses sukkum, if it loses its ease, that's a cue for you to adjust what you're doing so that you are now practicing. If you go beyond that, you're not practicing yoga anymore. You're doing something else. You're doing exercises. And the final dimension is also in your mind because a yoga practice is addressing all the layers of your body, particularly your mind. And so how do we have stera sukham in the mind? Firstly, we need to be having some consciousness, some awareness of what's going on in the mind. So that in itself is a, a difference between some form of exercise, Pilates, say. I'm not picking on Pilates. I'm just using it as a comparison because in some ways people can feel that they're the same and that yoga is just a stretchy version. So in Pilates, I think you could do it in a valid, correct manner, really not noticing where your mind is at all. Like you're drawn to focus probably on the body many, many times and what your abdomen's doing and what your muscles are doing. In yoga, a proper deep yoga practice, you're also aware of your breath and you are also noticing what your mind's doing. So it's a very expansive practice. There's a lot going on. And what stera and sukham in your mind means is that your mind is focused and steady where you want it to be. And ease and sukha, another word for sukham is joy, that you are having a positive experience in your mind. And it's not uncommon for people to give themselves a lot of criticism and a lot of judgment and aggressive conversations inwardly when we participate in anything that involves the body, you know, like being angry with ourselves that my, your hamstrings are tight or getting annoyed that you've still got that stiff shoulder or what's wrong with me that I can't do that and the person next to me seems to be able to do that. Yoga, when we're practicing asana with stera sukham, yoga is inviting you to work with your mind so that it stays focused 
So what that means is when you notice that you're starting to think about what you're doing after class, to notice when you're comparing yourself to somebody else, to notice when you're thinking anything other than being present with your body and breath, you practice by bringing the mind back where it's meant to be. And some people might need to do this twice in a yoga class. Some people might need to do it 20 times. Some people might need to do it 200 times because the mind very often is not steady. Very often we're not used to holding the mind steady. And it's not like that's a bad thing. It doesn't mean that you're not good at yoga, that you have to bring your mind back. Every single time that you notice, oops, the mind's gone off somewhere else, and you bring it back to focus, you are practicing yoga, which is what you're meant to be doing in a yoga class. You could spend the whole class doing the physical postures, doing what the teacher is instructing or telling you to do, doing what the YouTube person is showing you to do with your mind somewhere completely else. And you're really not going to benefit much from that. And so we have the steadiness and then the ease. The sukkum in the mind is when we're able to hold the mind in a place that feels kind, a place that feels accepting and this is where we practice some of the other um, limbs of yoga where we have ahimsa which is non-harming so you'll practice your yoga in a way that any of the thoughts any of the observations you have of your own body your own breath your own experience they are done in a compassionate way and if you notice a pattern that you have in your mind of ju judgment, criticism, you notice that pattern and then you have a go at releasing the pattern. And But first you have to notice it. So that's the first bit. So this is a lot. This is a lot that is going on in a yoga practice. And all of this is going on, even with the most simple, what would appear to be a very simple physical practice. So to do all those things, while you simply breathe in, take your hands up to the sky, breathe out and touch your feet or go towards the ground, to do all of that is a lot. So often people will find that it might be easier just to forget all that and just concentrate on the physical bit because you feel that that's more manageable and you will achieve more and that somehow the destination is about achieving these clever-looking physical postures. Well, I'm hoping that you can understand from what I'm saying, there is the destination is not about the physical postures that we're, we're hoping to have an experience of in each practice, whether it's simple, whether it's complicated, whether it's short, whether it's long, whether it's with other people or whether it's by yourself, is that when you move the body in and out of these postures or poses, asana at all, that you do it in a way that there is stila sukham, 
steadiness, firmness and ease. Because without those two things, it's not yoga. It's something else and you might have fun doing it. But for people particularly who are, are wanting to practice yoga in the way that it was meant to be practiced, just carrying those two ideas, learning to bring those principles into your practice will deepen your practice. And ultimately, I think that's where everyone's wanting to go with yoga. It's like we know there's something good in there for us. We know that it can change us. It can make us feel different. And sometimes without the correct understanding, it can seem that the goal is just to get better and better at complicated asana. I'm hoping to reassure you that that's not the case and that whatever stage you're at on your journey with yoga, whether you're a beginner or if you're very experienced also, that by bringing stera sukham into it, you will open new doors into your experience and into your practice and start getting some of the, the things that yoga actually promises to us. So I hope that helps. I hope it makes sense in a way that you can do it. So you're practicing in your body, in your breath, and in your mind to the best of your ability. So over the next wee while, maybe a couple of months, I'm going to go over some of the fundamental principles of yoga. If you have any questions, um, you can contact me on my website, which is the NedenYogaLady.com. Thank you for spending this time with me. And we will be back in two weeks' time. You've been listening to Kate Bendel, the Dunedin Yoga Lady. I'm Kate Bendel, the Dunedin Yoga Lady. Join me every second Tuesday at 10.30 as we explore all things to know about yoga. My passion is to open the doors of this powerful practice to the community and to share that passion with you. The Dunedin Yoga Lady fortnightly on Tuesdays at 10.30 on ORFM and podcast from oar.org.nz. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.